on this week's nonsensible podcast. And then I basically came back and I started driving Uber. So I bought a, I got, I got an Uber. I think I never told this story. Maybe we've pickled, pickled ourselves with like soju from. <laughs> Soju's the key. On. That is yeah. it. You're a soju guy. Soju and panchan. Moved to New York in '97, trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, really? Yeah. This is nonsensible. Welcome to another week. Of nonsensible. We're almost at a year. Almost there. Almost. Almost a year. Yeah. With Sam. Saul. And today's special guest. David. Where's the other David? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the other David? I don't know. I never call him David. (laughs) Do you call him David? No. Dave the Dauphin Shoe Fin. Dave the Dauphin Shoe in Dope who don't know the meaning of water nor soap. There you go. Uh, I've never called him David. It seems like the kind of thing that would piss him off violently. <laughs> violently. Did you just call me David? David. Yeah, David. He, he wouldn't like that. You know, da- you know Dave? Yeah, I met him a few times. I played basketball with him. Ah, yeah. Good guy, good guy. Workaholic. Yeah. yeah. Workaholic. Yeah. That guy is… Indeed. He yeah. works his cute little buns off. That Dave. Are they cute, David. are they? Are they cute? <laughs> I haven't confirmed that. Why do you have the fanny pack still on? I was thinking you'd never ask. He's ready. This is a scar removal thing because I got cut playing basketball and this just won't go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 bucks for that silicone scar removal. Got it in Shinnonyan. Okay. Sunglasses. Yep. Got to have Pretty those. Pretty cool sunglasses. Oh, those nice. My friend, my friend makes these. A company called BVH. Shout out BVH. Looking good. Throwing out the, uh, yeah, the plug there. Um, I got this at uh, a hotel. Uh-huh. It's a toothpaste. Sanitizer. Uh, We've got lotion. No, no, no. I understand that. But why do you still have it on? Oh, I guess I could take it off. Yeah. My oh, friend's yeah. got it for me for my birthday. No, I was just saying… Just so thinking, I wanted to wrap some birthday stuff. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking in the middle of the podcast, it's not take really it necessary. It's like wearing your shoes inside. It makes people think I'm about to leave. Well, it's just… It's kind Non-sensible. of… Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? It's just nonsensible. Why? Why? Hey, we're in the right place though. Yeah. Why? If, if you're going to do it anywhere, do it here. Do it here. Today, I was leaving <laughs> the house and I forgot to put… I, I wanted to put money in it. So if someone asked me why I had it, I could be like, and I got racks and racks in here. But I didn't feel like walking back up the stairs when I remembered I forgot money. People would think you're a loan shark. Yeah. You got like the, the loan shark bag. Yeah. A lot of the… You, you see the Korean… Men that carry around like the little man bags. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, they call them the, the ilsugaba. Like Louis Vuitton? They carry them like this too. What are, yeah. they, what are, <laughs> what are they in those things? Loads of cash. That's what ilsu in Korean is like. It's It means like daily interest. Wow. So it's like the… You lo- knew this? No. It's this. the loan shark bag. So it's for a lot of the, the gangsters used to carry around those little bags under their, their like… Uh-huh. Under their arm. Now it's just and really it was handsome filled, guys. Filled with cash. Why are they? But now just the fa- it's like fashionable. But now it's fashionable. But back in the day, it was like, and they'd pull out a wad of cash and they'd loan it to you, and they'd be like, okay, now it's like you know, all the interest is daily interest, and it'll cost you like you know, for a thousand dollars, it's like a hundred dollars a day, kind of interest on top of it, compound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, beat- yeah. If you don't pay it back, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'll kneecap you as long uh, as well. I thought it was just for like a really thin computer. Ah, that's what it's. That's what the college students are doing. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think that people give guys such a hard time, David, about carrying a f-ing bag? 
Uh, depends how you carry it. Yeah, but I'm saying, what's the problem? Every time I take out a bag, I'm like, this is why women always have bags. I want a bag. Well, there's masculine and feminine things out there, yeah. right? And so there's these little bags that look like what would be a woman's clutch that are just yeah. a little bit bigger oh. with a zipper. Well, that's not… No, that's cool. Is this cool? Because it's sporty. Now, that's if it was fine. Last thing I wanted to tell you that I have in this bag is I, these coupons for Nurungji Tongtak. Congratulations. I really like Nurungji Tongtak. I go so much that I got all these. Great. I actually have a, a place in my neighborhood that does it very… Well, not my neighborhood. Kind of… I know a very good place that does it that I go to on the regular. I love this. It's in a tent. And they make oh. it in a the back of a car. What's your favorite restaurant in Itaewon, David? In Itaewon right now, it's got to be the spot I don't know the name of. The all you can eat on Mondays and Thursdays. Oh, that's Kogit Chip. Kogit Chip, yeah. yeah. Right now? Wow. Right now? Kogit. Kogit. Yeah, right. There's Go like a it? shit at the end of that, right? <laughs> well, it is Kogi. But yeah. it says Kogit <clears throat> Chip, well, right? Yeah, but that's just a, a Why does it do that? technicality. Just, we, we just found out that your wife owned one of those? Well, she was kind of the HBC Gogijib in HBC, the original. She was like one of the, the original, original partners in that. So, yeah. That's cool. And That's that was crazy. actually… I was actually the person that named that restaurant and… Gogi? The HBC Gogi. Mm. Yeah. And set up the, um, the logo for it and did a lot of the… Creative? Yeah. Creative side nice. of it. I used, yeah. to, I used to eat there all the time. Because if you just named it Gogi Jib, like just like um, Meat House, yeah. you can't copyright it because… Is that why you put the Pachim? No, that's why we put HBC in front of it. Uh, because, yeah, the HBC signifies that there's something specific about it that differentiates it because you can have a gogi chip anywhere in the country. You can have a meat house anywhere yeah. in the world. Yeah, you can't you can't define and say this is ours and nobody else can have it. Yeah. But HBC we could we could put a stamp on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well I'm I miss having it there, but we got the favorite uh coffee house there. Uh La Chien Blanc. Yes. Now that now it's a, a bakery and cafe. There's another Ca- the, uh, the Le Caf Le Cafe? Is that still there? Like if it's still there. So there, yeah. yeah. I was there yeah. last week. And then you've got the Moroccan Moroccan He's sandwich. A sweet guy place. too. Yeah, yeah. Wahid is killing it with with that place and also his other new place, mm-hmm. Morococo. Smashing it. Yeah, it's huge. Terrace is insane. Yeah. He still has the best wine at the best price. Yeah. You channel. And the best beard in the whole neighborhood. That's right. Oh, I you Full said effect. The best beer. Well, he's probably got a good beer too. No. I say, is Bonnie's is still doing a killing? Think so, yeah. yeah. Still got lines out the door. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Malcolm always seems to have pretty good selection of beer in there. Yeah. yeah. I always see Malcolm. Is that Malcolm with the blonde hair? Yeah. He's always running. Yeah. yeah. Always. Running or riding. He's <laughs> I just drove by there the other day. He's riding his bike. For for people who have never visited our little neighborhood, yeah, Bonnie's is is one of those places that just every day there's there are like 30 people waiting outside yeah. in line. Yeah. And Malcolm is constantly running from the first floor to the basement and he's just jacked. Just constantly he moving. Never wears a jacket. In wintertime, always wear a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a, he's a very, very fit fellow. Yeah, oh, yeah fit for sure. Fellow. He's got a really cute kid. Oh, this is the HBC special. Ah. Well, we've all got history with HBC. Yeah. We've all got a bit of history. Before we do go on with the podcast, because we can keep going on like this forever and ever and ever, we haven't really suitably introduce David. Yeah. For, we're going to have some listeners and viewers out there who mm. may not know who David is. Yeah. 
Um, if they don't know, they need to know. If they don't know, yeah, them. <laughs> well, well, ask somebody. I'm sick and tired of people not knowing. Oh David McInnes. There's not that many of you left. <laughs> well, 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 well. We do have an international audience here. Okay. So there well, are some people out there. Does he not look like an international man of mystery? Nobody he, knows who I am. He does. <laughs> he does look like an international man of mystery. Now, um, I, you know, I'll, okay. Before he introduces himself, I want to say the first time I saw David, I knew he had to be an actor. Mm-hmm. This guy looks like he was uh, designed on, to be an come actor. On. We met. We met over at uh, the GS twenty five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> over beers? We met at the GS25? Yeah, on the way to um, the Pocket. Pocket Bar, uh, right? Oh, with the twins? Or not the no, twins. Not the twins, but the, 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 the Robbie the, the and Bobby. The Oh, with Robbie and Bobby. Yeah. Robbie we, and Bobby. Also, two people who sound like look twins. similar who don't actually yeah. aren't twins. They're not twins. But I thought I met have... you with the Sandrin brothers, or I thought I met you at the oh, that old, like, Pojang Macha that is closed now that was on the end of that little alley in Kyungnidan. I was with a couple girls who were like, holy that's David McGinnis. Oh, yeah, that's right. We met there, but we finally was, was, was like talking and stuff like that by the GS25. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we had a few beers. Mm-hmm. Beers at the GS25. Oh, yeah. Gotta do it. But you can't do that anymore. Who was the… What was the… How did you break the ice? Uh, I think we were… I don't know. Just, just around the neighborhood. There, there was somebody else. Like there, was somebody, ju- there was somebody else that broke the ice for you? Or was it just like, hey, you seem like a cool guy? Let's I think beer. it's it's impact. Well, we were all there. I think it was more like get a beer and go over the pocket, the pocket back forth. We were back and forth. And we just got so many mutual friends. Yeah, and stuff. you're friends yeah. with the Sandrins. I've, yeah, yeah, I've known yeah. the Sandrins uh-huh. for a long time. Uh-huh. And Robbie and Bobby, yeah. he knows them. And and then I saw you online rapping. You only, you only ah, was, really? Dude, I was like blown away. Oh, I was like, cool. who is this? This is crazy. No, yeah, sweet. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like your music. Thanks. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you only the Sandrins. I've known the Sandrins for like 10 years. Really? Yeah, I, I met them in Bundang when I first moved to Korea. Yeah. I wanted to ask them to be on the show one day. Oh, they should come on. They're great. Yeah, they would be awesome. But yeah, I just met them randomly at like a, at a I think, Pub 210 in Bundang. Like Pub 10 years ago when I first moved here. Pub That's 210, a, that rings yeah. a bell. And it was comedic were... how much larger they were than me. The Sandrins are, are big yeah. Korean-American basketball players out yeah. here. You'd, you'd like come up to their ankles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Teeny, teeny boy I am. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. But you can still take him to the hoop. I can still hoop a little bit. I'd rather throw him an alley-oop. I'd rather throw him an alley-oop, though. All right, let's let him introduce himself now, My, right? What? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Tell us about this. No, what do you call yourself? There's no one better to introduce themselves really? than himself. Huh. Yeah. All right. David? Yes. Dave? Mm-hmm. From Wisconsin. Grew up in Hawaii, too. Mm, moved out here. Officially moved here three years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. Been acting for a long time. Since 97. What else? Damn. What else? That's about it. 1997. Yeah. 1997, man. So, that's, so you're, you're, all you do is act. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Wisconsin. Dream. Yeah, Wisconsin. What Central hey, Wisconsin. So, okay. Tell a bit about your family background. Half Korean, half German, Irish. American, German, Irish. What's the Wisconsin? Wisconsin? Why Wisconsin? What? My dad was… Uh, Military? Yeah. He was stationed over here. Mm-hmm. Over at uh, Yongsan. Yep. Yeah, met my mom in Itaewon. Uh, how, how, what year was this? 70. 71. That's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, got married. They came back to Wisconsin. We lived in Green Bay. Well, I was born. Then we lived in Green Bay. Did, uh, so you were born in the States? Green Bay. But I can't imagine there are many Koreans in Wisconsin. No, that was, it was tough, my mom. Was I was going to say that must, yeah. well, not just for your mother, but also like growing up as half yeah. Korean yourself. Yeah. Like that must have been really difficult in the Midwest, especially in somewhere like Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. One of the first generations, I think. Yeah. I was, there was nobody up there. Plus then we moved from Green Bay, which was, you know, about 150, 200,000 people. And I moved to Antigo, Wisconsin. Antigo's 9,000 people, farmer town. My first job was gathering maple syrup. Second job was uh, grading potato, uh, potatoes in the field. So I did all that farm work because my dad had a tavern in, um, about eight miles outside of town. So I never really lived by anybody. I was always in the country. So this is, this is when you were still a teenager? Uh, yeah. And then, but you know, in between that, every summer I would go to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Or then I would, I would go to school in Hawaii because my mom and dad split up when I was five. Then I'd go to Hawaii. And mom moved to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went there. There's discrimination everywhere. You think Hawaii, I got discriminated on there too. So it's like, you can have it anywhere. And then I would go back and forth. And then I finally graduated high school in Hawaii. Yeah. It was tough on you being a kid in Hawaii? Well, you know what? I actually had a moment where I, was, I thought, I was trying to fit in in Wisconsin. to try to be, uh, you know, Got into sports, got into basketball because that actually saved me because it gave me sort of a little thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was terrible though. I was the worst player every every year. But you, you're huh? you're good now. I've, I don't think. Bro, I, I had to play like three hours a day. Three hours a day. I came home one day and I was like, Dad, 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 there's this game about basketball. I love it. It's great. I was in the sixth yeah. grade. Oh no, fifth grade. But I was terrible. Always last one picked. All that for four, almost four years until my freshman year, and then I started getting better. Yeah, but because I've never played it. with you, but I've seen your stat line in our basketball league oh, a yeah? couple times. Be all right. Oh yeah, wow. you've dropped a twenty piece before, right? I yeah, I had a good guy dishing me the ball. Yeah, <laughs> who was passing you the ball that day? That was the that was that ex pro basketball player. What's his name? Um, Rich, Rich. Oh yeah. Oh man, he he'd be sick to have on the podcast too. Yeah. That dude, Rich, was the first. I think the first Korean American ever to be drafted in, for the KBL. Yeah, right? and he's insane. Richard Kim. Kim, right? Uh, not, not Kim. It's uh, Han. Richard, oh, Han. Richard, Han. Richard Han. And Bro, he was yeah. he was had like a um, he was involved with a um a, a basketball clinic school yeah, yeah, yeah. out here. Yeah, and he's yeah. still teaching in LA. Has he's gone back to the no. states though? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good guy. Dude, that guy. guy is like Korean Kyrie, man. Yeah, he can do anything. He can board. handle. That guy is really sick. He was passing you the ball. Yeah, that day? yeah, yeah. So you know. That's, <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I'm open. Yeah. Wow. Because but, he's being double teamed. Yeah. But that was a really competitive league that it's called Project Ball. And mm-hmm. So that was a that was a good league. And you know, it was fun to get out there with those guys. They're all much younger. Yeah. I mean, they got I think that was two years ago. So I was 46, 45. Oh, man. But I was I was happy to be around with you guys. You're 46. Yeah. I'm 47 now, I think. Yeah, I'm 73. 47. An inspiration to us all. Yeah, 47. Am I, I feel like everyone looks young for their age that I hang around. And sometimes I think it might be because we're in Korea and we're eating healthier than maybe some of my American 46 and 47-year-old friends. Or maybe it's just because I'm getting older. So I don't know. Pip- maybe we've pickle- pickled ourselves with like soju from… <laughs> Soju's the key. On. That is yeah. it. You're a soju guy, Soju right? and panchan. Yeah. And the kimchi. You're Irish and Korean. Yeah. You can probably yeah, put yeah. them away, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Between the… Yeah. I was wondering if that was going to be problematic to say, but… Yeah. No, of, of no, course right? not. Of course not. Yeah, the soju. The whiskey can't do very well these days. Yeah. You can't do it. You get the red cheeks? Uh, uh, I only get red cheeks when I've been drinking too much. And it's my body saying, you need… A, you, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get the flush face. And I'm like, what the… Yeah. Yeah. That happened to me one time. I got, I think mm-hmm. the only one time I got real alcohol poisoning. Mm-hmm. This girl invited me over to spend spend the spend some time Christmas the holiday with her family. And no, with her family. Her. No, I, her <laughs> father was impressed, and her mother was impressed by how much soju I could drink. Oh, she's and the, Korean. And, yeah, and the mom made a joke about how I could outdrink the dad, uh-huh. and the dad uh-huh. did not like that. Yeah. So he went to… He's like, the, it's unlike Donkey Kong yeah. now. He went to the other room and brought out some baijiu. Oh, yeah. Baijiu is like Chinese Ooh. soju. It's like, But it's like twice as much uh, alcohol. That's deadly. And I'll be honest. I put him to bed with the baijiu For real? Too. I had just, I had just got back from China. Uh-huh. On, I, was, I did like that's 30 so concerts yeah. in China. So I was getting good at drinking the baijiu. That's good. By the end of the night, he was asleep. On the on the kitchen table, mm-hmm. and your boy was hurting, but trying to pretend mm-hmm. like I wasn't that drunk because I was trying to impress the mom, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and I went to the bathroom, pulled up my shirt because I felt like I was really hot, uh-huh. and it looked like someone had thrown red paint all over my. Oh, body. is that right? Oh, oh that was bad, Christ. man. The next day? No, that night I was starting to get like splotches all over my just, body. Just out of curiosity, how did it go with the girl? That was fantastic. Well, I tell you, I like long term, mm. like, uh, well, we're not together anymore. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> have a feeling. I, I have a feeling though. Have you heard that? That's the test. They drink and to see how you are drunk because your true colors come out when you're drunk. Really? Yeah. So they get you drunk, and they want to see. That's so you that passed. Was, really? Well, yeah. I've heard. I've heard of people being put in that situation before and completely dropping the ball <laughs> and being an absolute asshole. Yeah. Like, and it's essentially like. I'm getting mad. We're getting married. And the dad's like, all right, let's get drunk. And he's like turning around to the, his daughter like two weeks later and saying, you're not getting married to this guy. He's like, a Whoa. He gets drunk and he, he starts, you know, acting out and talking like a bastard and like just saying things he shouldn't be saying and being disrespectful. And it's like ruined relationships before. Whoa. I, I, but I, I'm a happy but, drinker. I but, don't. But I think it, I, I do think there's some sense to it because. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good idea. I, I've seen people get drunk and it will ruin families. Like people can really act out when they get drunk. And and that's that's blood talking. You know, when mm-hmm. you have b- blood relationships, people can yeah. then you then you get the guy going like, like the face. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want the, <laughs> the face. Yeah. You don't want the person like two drinks in and they're looking at your forehead <laughs> rather than your eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's not alcoholism is not funny, of course, but there is just, I really feel like as much as I've drank, I would have known by now if I was going to be one of those people that alcohol was going to destroy, you know? Yeah. And there's so just, there's some all- people who the second they have a drink, you can tell, I can see it in their eyes. Like, yeah, but also there, they got it. We also, we have moments in life where things change, I find. There, mm-hmm. you, I, I've found in my life, there's periods in, in life where you're like, I'm good. I don't, need alcohol. I don't need it as a crutch. But then you have some turning points in life. It could be a mental issue you're dealing with. It could be a personal issue, or an emotional issue, where you start, your hand starts reaching for the bottle more often than not mm. to try and help you get through. It becomes a crutch. Mm. And that's where people, you know, it's not just something internal. 
where you rely on alcohol, but there are issues outside of that, external issues where people can become reliant on it. So it's not just by looking at a person, you can say that person's got it, you know. Yeah, but uh, you you get what I mean though? Like, I know, the, the difference. I, I do know what you mean, but it, there's also people have, it could be a turning point and someone can, it's like turning a switch on. Yeah. And it could change for that person. Mm-hmm. Like if you lose someone that you're particularly close to, like that could just be you falling off the edge. But what I'm saying is I think I, I drink like someone who lost someone. Are you like every like week? That, you like that normally? <laughs> At least a couple of times a week. Oh, and I'm just saying, I don't think I got it. Well, like, I, I have seen it. that TikTok that you did put up. <laughs> but that was I a didn't see it. Let me see it. It's because well, TikTok kicked to, me off. Like, he got banned from TikTok because of that TikTok. What? You did not. My in first, 30 minutes. And my first day on TikTok. Are you guys being serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah I got banned from TikTok. <laughs> Dead serious. But I, I got like 10,000 views on my first post. I just did the day. Did you get naked? Yeah, I was New Year's Eve and I, I like covered my stuff. With a wine bottle. But I guess yeah, it wasn't it enough. Was just funny. It, did, it didn't look <laughs> it did. like he'd covered it. It didn't look like it was covered. Um, do you do TikTok? No. Why Why don't you use TikTok? It's a lot. You know, I mean, it's a new platform to learn and get on and up, upload it. I mean, nowadays we live in all the apps we got going on, on our phone. For me, honestly, it just was, it just got to pick up a new app and figure it out and then actually do something. I can't. Yeah. I can't. It's overwhelming. I thought about it. Yeah. But can't. It was it was a sign. TikTok banning me was a sign. I don't need you, TikTok. <laughs> you <Out>. said it. <laughs> so from living in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and Hawaii, going backwards and forwards, what brought you into to acting? What took you into that direction? Moved to New York in ninety seven trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, really? Yeah. You okay. said that? I want to find myself. Pretty much, I had joined the Air Force after uh, after high school. I mean, I went. God, I haven't talked about this in a long time. Joined the Air Force. <clears throat> Thought it was a good idea. Wasn't that great? Then uh, got out and I, I went back to Hawaii mm-hmm. and I uh, was uh, going to community college, trying to catch up on because I'm, I missed so much school. And I got to get to school and uh, started selling clothes and selling cars and stuff. I was like, this is not the life I want. I was like, when I was 18, I wanted to go to New York, but I just, things happened, I didn't go. So I said, I know if I go to New York, I'll go to college, I'll figure it out. And so I was, three months later, I got, I got on the plane and went out there. It was great, greatest decision in my life. And you were waiting, you were waiting tables at the beginning, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, how'd you, how you know? We got, we got a one sheet. Was it, was New York about acting or was it just about purely New York? New York, go to school, um, uh, uh, go to Wall Street, maybe get a job down there. Mm-hmm. That's what that was my plan. That was just get to New York. But a director discovered you while you were waiting tables. Yeah, so I, <clears throat> I uh, down there is great. When you get no internet, 1997, just coming out of the 80s, 90s, it's just a great time to be in New York City, mm-hmm. downtown. The only way that you could find the apartment or get a job is through the Village Voice. Okay, yep. so you. You'd have to. Oh, you lived over there. Oh, yeah. uh, I've been in New York, but I know the Village Voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. So you'd have to wake up real, real early on Wednesday, grab it because it was sold out by seven, eight, eight a.m. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be gone. It's like Craigslist. It'd just be on the street. Well, it's, it's like well, Craigslist it's, in newspaper form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The original. But it the had like page Craigslist. six in there. It had like all the news. But you go to the back section and it had everything. So 
I got my first job at Figaro Cafe there, or at Scratch, actually, and then Figaro Cafe. Then I, I, um, I never forget, I got fired for giving this girl a milkshake. <laughs> the guy was like, did you give her a milkshake? I, we hang out after work and have a drink. So I was like, yeah, we gave her a milkshake. He was like, <laughs> oh, he fired you for giving her a yeah. free milkshake? Yeah. Wow. So I was like, okay. So then I, I was, thought there was something inside the milkshake that got you fired. <laughs> oh, no, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> no, yeah. I thought like a bug or something. I wasn't like the Serpent King. What's that, what's that new movie? I haven't Netflix watched that yet, but it's That's crazy. Say- this guy's just always putting the magic potion in a drink and then the person. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Anyway, um, I went down there and then I got, a, I got a job. I was out drinking. I didn't have a job. And. This, this waitress said, hey, you should work at Indochine. I just got a job there. You'd be perfect there. So I went in there, and that place was, it was just, just, it's just a really, really good place to just develop me and just figure things out, figure life out. Mm-hmm. And then the director came in that restaurant, Indochine. And he just liked the way you looked? Uh, I think so. I think he just, he actually had drinks last week about it. And he said, like, uh, he was like, yeah, I observed you. And like, you know, and he asked me, uh, I'm 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 uh, I'm uh, casting for a movie. I'm director. Mm-hmm. Would you like to uh, audition for the film? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not an actor. I don't want. Oh, to do so that. you weren't an actor th- until this yeah. guy asked you to be in this yeah. film. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, you know, and then, and I went back, and everyone else is actors. All the act- waitresses and waiters, they all want to be actors and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Let me just try and go to this audition, and then. Anyway, so that, long story short, did the movie. That director is a big star here. A big, a big director here. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, John H. Lee. John. Come in them. And then, uh, I really loved it. But then it's like, go to school. Go figure it out. So I went to all these academies and stuff like that. And then struggled along the way. And, and it's just, you know, hit and miss. Audition, audition. Go to school. This and that. What was really it like? never got a break. What was it like acting in a a serious movie with no acting experience? Just listen to the director. Every word he says, just do what he says. You know, you've got to really listen, you know? And uh, I just tried to, you know, fortunately I had a director that was an actor's director. You know, Mm -hmm. he took the time to, you know, he knew he wrote the script. He knew exactly. And he knew what kind of tools I had just from my personality and and the way I interact with him, with other people. Mm -hmm. So he kind of, you know, you know, it was, it was really good. And I was so young. You're so young at 23. Yeah. You're so palpable at 23, right? Yeah. So it was, it was, it was I think, it was, I didn't know what the f- was going on. Yeah. <laughs> For everybody, anybody out there who's like 23 and, and thinks that it's the end, uh, it just, it hasn't even begun yet. Yeah. Begun yet. Yeah. yeah. It, it hasn't exactly. begun. It has not, it, like, you, the average kid is just graduating from university. At that age. Yeah. So really is the beginning of your… 23 is the new 13. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Really? Yeah. I can… Yeah. But then, what are these, what's up with these 13-year-olds? It's like going on 23. Like, yeah. They know everything now with the… With, with your kids, how old are they? Uh, the world is in their pocket. Four and, four and three. And it's like, you know, my three-year-old's like, Dad, can you buy me an iPad? And it's like, you what? Uh, You're already asking for an iPad? Uh, it's a bit like it's just amazing the things they already know what to, what to do and how to do them. It's like the iPad is the new etch a sketch. Ser- oh, I didn't even think of it like that. Mm-hmm. Twenty three is the new thirteen. The iPad is the new etch a sketch. Ah, oh, this world has gone crazy. It's gone crazy. Yeah. What was the what was the move to Korea? What was the why? Why did you come to Korea? 
well, it all started back with that first movie, actually. <clears throat> that first movie was a Korean-American film. Korean-American director, Korean cash. So it's mm-hmm. uh, all funded by, um, what was it called? Tube Entertainment at the time. And uh, it came over to Pusan Film Festival, one best something film, best oh, new nice. film, whatever. I, was, I went to Pusan. That led to TV commercials here and uh, a lot of stuff. 99, 2000, 2001. I did mm-hmm. a movie with Chanyuk and… Uh, not Chanyuk, uh, uh, Kwan Sung-woo. Yep. And, um, but we couldn't finish it. Oh, really? It was like the first movie we shot. I, I did action school for nine months at uh, Seoul Action School. Mm-hmm. And uh, we lost money. And uh, uh. we couldn't get it back. So and the production ran out of money. And then I it was around 2001 or two, And I decided, I'm going to go back to New York. Mm-hmm. Went back to New York. And then pretty much ever since then, I would come for a job and go back to New York. Or come, come for a job, go back to LA. I did that for many, many years. Mm. Many, many years. And then in 2012, I got a break in Iris 2. I had done a, little, a couple episodes on Iris 1. But Iris 2 is when Jung Tae Wan Tepunim called me up. And he… Well, actually, during that time, it was weird. Because I was doing… Acting was not happening. Mm-hmm. until I was auditioning like crazy. It wasn't booking in LA. And LA is super competitive. And I said, okay, let me go step behind the camera and produce something and figure out if I really like the whole aspect of this business and I'll stay in. Otherwise, I'm at crossroads here. I'm like 37, 36. I need to figure it out. Got girlfriends. Like, my girlfriend's like, what are you going to do? I got mm-hmm. things. I got pressure. And then, uh, so I produced this thing called Broke's a Joke. That shit made me broke as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> joke. <laughs> you spent all your money on it? I sold my, my, my truck. I had a 71 Blazer. I had to sell that. <sighs> Anything. But anyway, that led to being in the Asiana Film, Short Film Festival. And since I was in Korea, they flew us here. And then I called up Jung Tae-wan Tepinim. But he was like, ironically, Daniel Henney had dropped out of the lead bad guy role. And he said, would you like to be the guy? And I was like, yeah. You know, yeah. I, so that led to 13 episodes. And that was the first time that I had like a character arc and I had like a real role. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Wait, since, and you were 36? Since 90, like, I was 36, yeah. So wow. I've been doing this stuff from 97, 98. That's so wild. Like, yeah. That was my first break after the first first break. Wow. So it took another 13 years for you to get your second break. Yeah. Yeah, So prior to that, it it had been a lot of backwards and forwards. A lot of flying into Korea to film. Back to the States. Just kind of waiting for opportunities to arise. Just sort of going… Working here and not staying here. Mm -hmm. Like, oh well, I'm just going to go back there and try and make it or… I'm comfortable. You know, life has you or whatnot. You just yeah. go back home. And then um, and then uh, around 2016, I just thought, you know what? It's nice in Korea. Mm-hmm. It's real nice. And, you know, the rat race over there and LA wasn't really appealing me too much. And it was just good timing. So I started spending more time out here. In 2018, I got my first apartment. I got a car and I got settled. Mm-hmm. Now I don't even think about LA. But, yeah. I mean, I still audition for things back home. I Like, I just did one. I'm preparing for one for tomorrow and, and I, think I did one last week. So I still have auditions. So nowadays… Just, just a lot of self-tapes. Self-tape. Everyone yeah. can self-tape now. Yeah. So it's, you do you know, memorize it every time? I do. Actually, that's funny. That's that. Yeah, I'm not the guy that to read it off the page and… Really? Like, yeah. It, it, from my experience, it seems like out, out in the States, a lot of people expect you to have your sides kind of in your hand. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, it depends if you want to have it in your hand. For the first read, mm-hmm. you can have it in your hand. A lot of times that's better because I feel like it's not your best read. Yeah. Uh-huh. If in your hands, you use it. Yeah, I, I tried the other. The reason I asked is because I got asked to do one, an audition for a Netflix thing. Uh-huh. And I went in, but I only had two days. But I mem- and I knew I could memorize it because I memorized my rap lyrics quickly. Mm. Yeah. And I memorized the whole f- thing. And they were like, we can tell that you're just trying to th- remember the lines in your head. You should just read it so that you can actually uh, okay, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. focus on the emotion instead of focusing on trying to like remember all of the words. Right, right, right. So I'm, I was just really impressed. It's crazy that people can do that. It's like so fast. In, in my experience, in Australia, they want you to go in. They want you to be off the paper when you go into an audition. So you, you can't have a script with right? you yeah, mm-hmm. in the audition. But then I've been to the States and I've, I've taken classes over there and they're like, they want you to they have the, they even want you to look down and come up off the paper, look down and come up off the paper is what I've been they taught. They want you to do that? That's what I've been taught. Like it's is that auditioning down. class? Yeah. I've yeah. been to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look down and then come up, look down and come up. And that's how they were… That's how I was taught. That's a great technique though because they're teaching you, hey, because it's pilot season right now. You're going to have three, four, five auditions. You're going to have two a day maybe when mm-hmm. it was really busy back then. And they're going to want you to be able to just have that, that technique and grace. And that, that's great that you, they were teaching you that. That's great. It's uh, hard. But, but you still like to try to memorize everything. I'm terrible doing it off the page. So I just, I have to just know like the whole thing in my head. Mm. You know, and just trying to figure it out. Oh, that's, it, 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 that's exactly what it is, though. I think it, it works differently for each person. Has a different way of of doing it themselves. Yeah, totally. like like some people, if you have a, a great partner to work with, you can do it that way. Some people just get in their head and just memorize it really well. Some people are just really at memorizing things. Yeah. So some yeah. people are just really good at going off the paper. I think it's just technique, right? It's like yeah. what, what works for you, even acting wise. What works for you. You know, there's so many different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which role was that? The one that had the 13 episodes? Iris 2. And then fr- from there, you've just… So grateful for that show. That was, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. since then, you've you've had a lot of different roles, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was… Uh, then uh, uh, Descent of the Sun was the, was the big one. Yeah. That was, the, that, was the, that, was, that was crazy. That was crazy. That was I mean, that, that show was huge. Internationally, yeah. I mean… It's crazy. I'm, Amazing. Like, you know, everyone you talk to, Descendants of the Sun, everyone watched that show. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure for yourself that just would have blown up and your, like, your star value, your your brand mm. would have just developed because of that. What kind of flow on did you experience? Uh, man, when I finished… um Man, I was dead broke when I finished that that Descent of the Sun. So I, I had to go back to How to come? Go, just um uh, honestly, there was only so much money that we were getting paid, and Song Joong-gi got hurt, and then the production went in the next couple of months. So that means my scenes got extended. So I wasn't gonna make a lot of money anyway. And then I, I basically came back and I started driving Uber. So I bought a I got I got an Uber. I got I never told this story. Whoa. So I got a, I got so I started driving Uber when I got back to LA. So I'm gonna do Uber and I'm gonna oh. do this. So I'm driving around, you know, doing all, you know, and and you're I'm, famous. I'm well, not wait, wait. So this had, this show hasn't been to. Oh, been I'm, to sorry, air yet. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing this in January. Yeah. And then I think it released January 28th or February 28th. Ah, okay. And then it started blowing up, right? And my Instagram was going from 700 followers to like 
7,000, 12,000. My friend John Kim's calling me. Hey, your Instagram was like, what, what's this show was like, Corey, dude, get back here. I'm like, I really can't right now. I'm driving, I'm driving to Uber, man. Like, John, basketball, John? John Kim, yeah. yeah. And so I'm driving, I'm just boom, boom, boom. And then, got, and then people were getting in the car. And they're like, oh, oh. And I was like, okay, I need to get back to Korea, man. I need to get to Korea somehow. This is gonna, this is ridiculous. I gotta get back. So Whoa. I borrowed like five grand from my mom. And then I, I just flew up. And that was it. Then I went out. I, I stayed and I went, walked up Gangnam, Gangnam Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Like everyone, and I was like, oh, this is nuts. So. Wow, that that's the, crazy. Yeah. Were there Korean people in the taxi? like, oh. Yeah, I could, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, I knew. It was like… <laughs> A lot of people, not everyone does that in LA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that had to be a Korean thing. Yeah, right? That's crazy. That, that must have been a little unusual, like having that happen. It was dude, everything was unusual. Did you like it? Everything is. Do you like it? Uh, yeah. It was. It was like I was. It was a successful show, man. I did something right. Like it was. Like, we all did something right. You know. Yeah. Timing was good. You know, everything kind of worked right. And then I'm so this business. Timing has to be right mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Everything, Everything has, has to, to work. Mm -hmm. And then it's got to be successful. Yeah. yeah. So that was… I mean, it was huge for everyone. Did you yeah. enjoy being recognized and well-known all of a sudden? <sighs> you know, in the early 2000s, like, I was pretty… Like, before there was internet here, and I had this um, huge TV commercial called uh, UTO. UTO. And it was… Uh, SK Telecom is big, small phone, and… Normally back then they only had um, actors do it, but they had me do it, and uh, dude, it was it was pretty pretty big. And I remember this not being gone from Korea and coming back a couple years later. And man, fame is so temporal. It's you know, crazy. It's so temporal. Right? They don't. You're hot one minute, you're not the next. So mm. I was I had experienced that. Yeah. So when I when I this all this stuff is happening in 2016, I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is great. How can I put myself in the right situation? Mm -hmm. But I know that they're going to forget about you. Which is true. Because after a couple of years, I got… You know, it's like… You're not really… Yeah. No one's… It's a wave, man. It really is. It's, it's a roller coaster. It's like that everywhere. I mean… You, is it like that in every country? I thought it was just… You know what I thought yeah, it was? It's like… It, you look at… I think… You know, for example, look at someone like Tom Cruise. If he stops making movies… Bro, and everywhere he goes, people are stopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But once, once he starts… Stops… Once he stops making movies and… You know, takes a break from the public eye. Mm -hmm. You know, people are gonna stop recognizing him as much as they are now. What do you think? I, yeah, absolutely. It's all about you have to be maintain a position in the public's eye. You know, you have to keep being on television or in film, or if it's music, you have to keep doing something. Yeah, I think to maintain that level. Obviously, you're gonna have fans who are always gonna be there for you, but to kind of be in that mainstream. You, you've got to be doing something at that level consistently. It, look at athletes. You know, once you retire, you kind of, you fall off a bit. It, it's always going to be there. It's like every two years I do a, a show that gets me like recognized or something. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. Like a month after it's not on TV anymore, no one stops me. Like some people stop me for music stuff, but it's small. Yeah. But when I'm doing the shows, it's like, you know, almost every day. Because there's so many, there's that many more people watching it. It's just, you know, it's mass media. Mass media. It has a mass market of people that are actually seeing it. It, it, it. Yeah, that's the way it works. I just always wonder if it's because they're like, Korean people are shy to come up to you if they don't know 
if they can't say like, oh, I saw you on Sign Here yesterday, or oh, I saw you on this, on YouTube Charles or whatever, that they don't know what to say. You know what I mean? I, I, possibly. That could have a little bit of a, an impact on it. But I think just in general, like I, I, I experience it. all the time. If you're not, like if you take a break, like people come up to you and they're like, oh, I don't see you on TV these days. You too? Yeah, like if, for example, I was doing radio for a few years and I wasn't doing TV and they're like, oh, you're not in the in, in the industry anymore. And it's like, I do radio like seven days a week. And they're yeah. like, oh, I just thought you were taking a break. No. Because they don't see you on television. So we they, all That's what it. they expect. Yeah. yeah. The expectation of where you should be yeah. is, is not there anymore. Uh, do, you, do you have a show out right now? No. But you've got a lot of stuff on Netflix still, right? I think so, yeah. I think it's there. Mr. Sunshine was yeah. another show that was big for you as well, though. That was, yeah, that was, that was my first good guy role. Was oh, first, yeah? First supportive to the, <laughs> the main. Like, actually doing it for how many years? That was the first time I ever got a role where supporting on the, 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 uh, the protagonist role. Yeah. What, what, what's that like? I mean, being a bad guy, I'd find you get a different reaction from the public as well. Um, like the people come yeah. up and kind of… Because I find a lot of people kind of get caught up in the drama and tend to kind of forget uh, that you're an actor at times. They can be, oh, no, well, they just, oh, you were bad. You were <laughs> bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, playing the antagonist role, it's, it's sometimes a lot easier because you can do whatever the heck you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you got to do is, you know, your, your main focus is to disrupt everything, get what you want. Yeah. Whereas like, when you're playing with the best friend of the protagonist, you're supporting that guy as much as you can so it was for me it was it was pretty hard but the reaction from people i think doing that role in mr sunshine kyle moore helped people's like whatever they thought of me mm-hmm. it definitely kind of maybe helped a little bit they didn't see me such as the evil guy or if, if, if i if i came across why do you evil, think you're always know. cast as a, as a bad guy i have no idea dude yeah, I, I think you look nice. So the nice. Last, the last thing you want is to get typecast, though. Like yeah. it's good. It's good to 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 play the good guy. You don't want to be the bad guy all the time. And which I played all the time for yeah. 19, 20 years. <laughs> no, you don't yeah. want that. Have you ever had to get fat or like super swole for uh, a role before? No, not really. I'm not really. I didn't have to really. I you know I don't have a, a huge huge resume actually. You know for as much as I've been doing this, so I don't think that. I've had the opportunity to have these roles where I need to get really super skinny or super fat or whatever. I hope they, they'll come in the future, but I right now I'm just serving my storyline and the and the whole gambit of the whole show, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still struggling. So, what for you would be the perfect role if you could choose any role to play? What oh, would be the role that, you want to play? That's so. It's gonna be like a boxer or something. That's what I always think well, of well, when well, I think about like a transformational really? like, role as a boxer, right? I, I don't like for me, it'd be more, it's more of um less of, see that for me is a physical change. I'm yeah. thinking more of a mental, like from an actor's perspective, it's thriller, a true story. A thriller, true story. Yes. Yeah, a true story. That really? Is, that would be really cool to get in. To get deep and, into that character. And have to play it. Yeah. As authentic as possible. That yeah. would be insane. What was it? What's the documentary about Jim Carrey pretending to be um, Man on the Moon? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, dude, you gotta watch that. That is so good. Oh man, 
Mm-mm. He goes so deep into becoming that guy, like pissing his off of his like family and friends and everyone on cast pretending to be Andy Kaufman. It's it, one of the things with roles like that, though. You obviously need a lot of time to prepare. Yeah, yeah. From my experience with Korean productions, you generally don't get a lot of time to yeah, prepare exactly. for yeah. your roles. Dude, that made me want to be no. an actor. You should watch that What's for some it? inspiration. Man on the Moon. Yeah. Oh, okay. That you've watched? You've seen? No. You haven't seen that? No. Oh, you guys should definitely watch that. Yeah, I'll have to, have to check it out. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. That made me want I, to be one. To be honest, Jim Carrey is. I like. I'm not really high on Jim Carrey. Yeah. So that's the reason I probably what, like haven't new seen Jim it. Carrey or old Just Jim Carrey. General. Just in general. Just in general. Um, I probably should look at it because. Yeah. Robin Williams doing one hour photo. The movie One Hour Photo is one of my favorite films and like one of my favorite performances of all time. Mm-hmm. So when people ever ask me if I was to do a performance, what kind of role would I want to do? Similar question. The first thing that comes to my mind is psychopath. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'd love to do something like that because watching Robin Williams play a psychopath, that transformation of what we expect him from doing Mrs. Doubtfire to playing a psychopath is it's 180 degrees. Wow. And watching him play that role to perfection is like, that is what an actor does. If they do it well, they need to be able to make that transformation perfect. Yeah. Like without any slight, like you, you can't tell that that's Robin Williams. Like he's just on point. And it's really a way to like let your guard down completely, right? If you if you're playing that uh-huh. and you're allowed to just not give a f- what everybody thinks about you and be a total sociopath for <sighs> it's months it's, on, that would be a kind of like a freeing experience. It's I imagine it's tough. I it's imagine. tough though. It's t- it's got to be tough though. Yeah. If if you've got family on fr- family and friends though, like yeah. if I had to play the role of a, a psychopath, your kids would be. T- well, kids you, be I've got to go home. I've got to go home to my kids every night, and I've, you got to like you hear about actors that stay in character. No, you can't have a f- iPad. <laughs> 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 An iPad. I'll buy you a Netflix sketch, but not an But you hear about people that stay in char- character even when they're at home and when they're with their family. And, and like, I, then you hear about people that can switch it on and off. And it's like, that's impressive in, in itself. Like, just to be able to turn it on and off. Those are the real guys. Those are the real deals, man. Those yeah. Those are the real deals. Mm. You know, those are the real deals. So, in terms of yourself, what, What's upcoming for yourself? Is there anything in the works? Or is there oh, in terms of yourself, like what's upcoming term- for yourself? <laughs> well, no, I'm la- I'm laughing because uh, I just I just I'm getting into the Ford's wheel business. <laughs> the what? <laughs> uh, Ford's wheels for your cars for the four by fours. Yeah. So I manufactured some wheels and I just had a meeting yesterday for Fords for four by fours. Uh, four by fours for, and uh, you know just big. Uh, Nice wheels. I like cars. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting You into, designed your own wheel? I designed my own wheel. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I designed my own wheel and went through the whole manufacturing process, design process, all the research that needed to go into it. And then I'm, it got lucky and it came out pretty well. I shot the commercial last week. I shot all the still photos. Now I got a… And then just had a meeting yesterday with a 4x4. Four four, a guy does all Jeeps. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we talked about the possibility of me supplying wheels for him because right now he gets wheels from the States. I'm like, well, maybe you can do this. So I'm kind of involved in that right now. Cool. And wow. uh, 
And that's it, man. I mean, I'm, I did a sunglass collab with this uh, great dreamer. And um, just other than that, roles only come up every once in a while. So now I'm trying to do this stuff. And then yep. whatever does come up in the future, I'm doing a narration for Hyundai Racing, WRC. Mm -hmm. cool. They're killing it right now. They yeah. are absolutely killing it with their… Uh, that's rally, rally cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing some narration. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for the script. Dang it. I've been waiting. Cool. I got to put that thing up on Monday. And I, need, I don't know about you, man, but I need some time with it. Yeah, yeah. So that's about it for me right now. That's cool. That's the, awesome. that's the way of the future. I think you have to be doing tons of different stuff. Yeah, you know you can't just. Get, that's get why I love doing there. have loved doing this podcast. Yeah. You know, it's like when people ask me what I'm what I do, I used to just say I'm a rapper. And now I'm like I do podcasting, do some YouTube, you know, play right. some hoops. Yeah. It's it's perfect if you've got the uh, doing the the wheels though, because uh, Ford's got the they're bringing the Bronco out soon. So there's some. Uh, Nice uh, SUVs and four-wheel drives coming out in the near future. So, yeah, perfect timing for that. Exactly. That's what the guy said because he's… The the new Ford uh, Bronco is going to have the Ford Ranger chassis. Mm -hmm. So, it's very easy to intertrap and swap out. Oh, yeah. You know. You know. And it's going to look… And it's <laughs> that's a great-looking car. And I think that car is going to be incredibly popular. You can yeah. pop, the, pop the doors off the… That pop the roof uh, off it, so it's going to be like one of those great cars. Are you getting just, one? I'm. I was actually as soon as it the release came up, I was. I just bought a new car and I was looking at it. I'm like, oh dear me, I just bought a new car. And then I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, the car I've got now is kind of big. Maybe I sell this car and and change it because it just feels like a fun car. Oh, it looks amazing. It just feels like it'd be a fun car just to have. Just you know, I've got two kids and I think they'd love to drive around in a car like that when the weather's good. Heck yeah. Take the, take the doors off, take the roof yeah. off. And yeah, I'm seriously considering it right now. It's dope. It's dope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms, just briefly, in terms of um, acting, are you looking at getting into the behind cameras production? Production? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what am I doing? I… I directed a, a commercial for Four Win. It's a it's a sports clothing brand about mm -hmm. almost shoot about a year ago, and I have this other production company. We did some behind the scenes for Buha and mm -hmm. things like that. We did some some uh, making of the song and all that stuff, and you know, slowly moving more towards just keeping busy, man. Just keeping busy. Cool, yeah. man. Well, thanks for making time for us. That's Thank you. That's Thank the you. way to be. I, you know, it's it's great to see that you're there. Are a lot of you, when you talk to people in the industry, it, it is a difficult industry oh, yeah. because it, it's not a it's not a job where there's always regular work on. So you have to keep yourself busy, and you have to find projects, and you have to put yourself out there. And it's great to see that you're actually being proactive and doing that because thanks, yeah, man. Otherwise, you you tend to sit around and twiddle your thumbs more often than not. And waiting for that phone call can be a really lonely island. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the hardest part with this job. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, great to be here with you guys. I love it. It's cool. Yeah. Thank you, David. Vince. Thank you for joining us. Uh, right now is the perfect opportunity. If there's anything else you'd like to plug, now's oh, the time. Oh, plug to anything? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where can the people find you? Where they can find me? Uh, find me on Instagram, I guess. My full name, David Lee McInnes, M C I N N I S. There we go. That's it. Yeah. Thanks once awesome. again, man. Appreciate you coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for joining yeah. us. Don't yeah. forget, you can find us 
on the YouTube at The Dive Studios. You can find us on Instagram at Dive Studios as well. You can also listen to us on Spotify Podcasts or Apple Podcasts on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all the reviews you send in, especially those with five stars. Thank you very much, everyone. David, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye, guys. You guys are awesome. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H E R O.co. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.